Welcome to March Madness, where we have trigger warnings. I did not read the trigger warnings. I didn't either. So here's the thing. In the Kindle, it's not on any page. In the Kindle. I'm done. It doesn't give you any. It says uh, to go to the website. Right. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. My Kindle didn't even open to that page. It opened to chapter one. My Kindle always opens directly to chapter one. Sometimes mine does that, but I neurotically always I scroll, scroll, back. scroll back. Well, I knew for this book to scroll, like I wanted to scroll back, but it still wasn't there. I had a feeling it wasn't going to be anyways because of the blurb saying to check the website. The trigger warning list for Never Let Go by Lauren Beale is female captor, sex between captors, abduction, torture slash abuse, sexual assault, Heavy non-con talk slash history, dub con, off-page, childbirth loss, starvation, murder. Never Let Go is an HEA with no true non-con between MCs. I feel like the list should be longer, but that's the list. I was just thinking that in my head. (laughs) Anywho. There is a lot of dark shit in this book. Please be advised. I am fucking starving. So, yeah, I gotta finish making dinner. I'm just, it was a day, man. Yeah. It was a day. I woke up at 9 30 and I was so happy. That sounds glorious. That's the latest I've slept in in so long. Because even on my days off, I've been waking up or on my days off, I've been waking up early. I've been waking up before I would even wake up for work. And I'm like, this is annoying. I don't like that. Yeah, even on my days off, half the time I'm up by five. It's like a no, thanks. Thank you. I did get two cards in Monopoly that like I didn't have before, and one of them completed one of my albums, so that was kind of nice. That's exciting. Yesterday, I think, or the other day. Monopoly Go is the real obsession here, people. Lately, it's crazy. Yes. Give us all your cards now. Destroying my soul. Give us all your stickers. It gives me flashbacks of do you remember playing like bingo and like Monopoly? From like, what was that website that used to have all that shit on it? But I used to be obsessed with it. That's like Online. the obsession with Farmville that everybody Farmville, had. Yep. We were yep. hardcore. It's a lot of. You have your phases. Yeah. I go mm-hmm. through my phases. I wish that Peggy would give me more fucking coins. I fucking love Peggy. I love Peggy, but I've been getting like no. So I have. No I, play Pe- I play Peggy smart. It's so funny because. I was doing Peggy and I saw that I had only like a certain amount of dice and then it closed out and all of a sudden it had given me like 500 dice. I'm like, I don't know how this works, but sure, here we are. Probably from the bottom. Yeah. I've literally no idea. So (sighs) I just accept the dice. At one point I had like 1200 dice because I finished. I got a bunch. Peggy Peggy. shows me why I can't go to casinos. Dangerous in casinos. I fucking Peggy feeds my soul. Yeah. Anyways, what does not feed my soul? Welcome to March Madness, where we slowly go mad in March. I literally texted Ariel and I was like, I feel like a book hasn't broken me in a long time and that she felt it was time. It was time. (laughs) It is time. time. (laughs) So this week for our first March episode, 
we read Never Let Go by Lauren Beale. Never Let Go. It's not funny. I don't know why she's laughing. Is a dark, captive, I don't want to call it romance, but romance book. It is. But why are you laughing? This book is not funny. (laughs) There were little bits of humor in there. Not a funny book. (laughs) I laughed through my pain. No, I'm just kidding. So I like some dark shit. This was some interesting. God. And it's so funny because we talked about like the 2469. I feel like this was darker than that. Dark, dark, darker than the ocean, darker than the sea, darker than the underwear my mother puts on me. <laughs> yeah. So this is this was just dark in a, like a sick way. Yeah. I had to I push myself through my some parts of this book because yeah, this was, of the yeah. gross. Yeah, this was just gross. dark in a sick way, which sometimes I can get down with. I'm totally like, I like a good captive romance. And I totally can get into it, but some of it was just like I don't there know. There were some twists maybe, and turns in this book. I wasn't. Yeah, maybe so because cool. it was on the shorter side. That yeah. it was less than three hundred pages. Yeah, I was gonna say closer to two hundred, wasn't it's it? It's like two hundred and forty. It was on the shorter side for a book, so maybe that's why it just didn't have time to fully get me totally. Fine. For me to get totally into... Oh, for me. I don't know. So, it was fine. It was perfect for Crystal. Yes. So, yeah. Never Let Go. It's part of the Captivity Collection, which are not related books, but it's just, you know, for people who are held captive, I'm assuming. So, You know, hence cool. the name. It's not the willingly captive collection. <laughs> willingly go into this basement. It's not how that works. Like when you've been momming too hard and you just need a break. And just go hide in a closet for a while. So this book starts out with Benjamin and Marcy disposing of a body. And this it body starts out is real dark, real fast. That escalated quickly. A lot of this escalates very quickly. That's what I'm saying. Like there wasn't a ton of lead up. It was just like, wha-bam. <laughs> Um, that's, so that's what I'm saying. I maybe needed a little bit more backstory to really feel these characters, to empathize with them more, to care about them. No amount of when they tried to humanize (sighs) these people worked for me. But I'm saying even the female main character, we didn't get. We did. I felt a little bad for her. I empathized with her kind of. But I'm saying I didn't get a huge backstory from her either to really know much about her herself and her character so ariel didn't feel like she could empathize with anybody and i could empathize a little bit actually i'll get there who i empathized with a little bit i swear to god if you fucking say marcy i am going to leave this zoom <laughs> zoom 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 make your body go boom boom so anywho yeah benjamin and marcy are disposing of their latest plaything. something went awry and this girl died in their captive hands and now they gotta get rid of the body Uh uh-oh they don't have a plaything anymore that sucks what are they gonna do oh they're gonna go troll for a new one so benjamin gets in the back seat on the floor hiding all in the back seat all weird like was he in the back seat though yeah while marcy's driving hold on sorry (laughs) my brain just went to remember that 
Rebecca something song. In the back seat, my friends are in the front seat. All the I've Friday had, song. All I've had all day in my Friday, head Friday. is two songs. Oh, God. And one of them, you'll understand why it's stuck in my head. And the other ones you're going to roll your eyes at so oh, hard. God. So I've been singing, I don't do the walk of shame, I strut. Um, I've had that song stuck in my head. But in addition to that song being stuck in my head, I have also had, please stop. I don't like that. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need more space. That's a boundary. It's called a boundary. There are none of those in this book. No. Not a single boundary. Moving on. Oh, for the Um, record, the lyrics are actually kicking in the front seat, sitting in the back seat. Well, he was not sitting in the back seat. He was on the floor like a gremlin. Marcy is driving. Because she's Queen Bee around there. And she's trolling out on the streets while her little minion is on the floor of the back seat. And they're trolling neighborhoods in the rain. Like, what do you think of that one? What do you think of that one? Girls on the side of the road looking for the perfect new pet. Now we meet Mackenzie, who was dropped at the wrong address by her rideshare. And she's trying to use her phone to figure out where the hell she is. She was supposed to meet a friend and she's not paying that much attention to what's going on around her because she's trying to figure out where the fuck she is. And she's trying to contact her friend to come get her. And a woman alone pulls up beside her. She seems harmless. She says, you know, I'll give you a ride. Get in. And she's kind of hesitant about it at first. She seems harmless, but like she's got the like. She seems harmless, but she also doesn't want to get in the car with somebody should know. She's got that feeling in her gut that probably shouldn't do it. She should probably listen to her gut next time. Yeah. Yeah, she should because she gets in that fucking car and the woman's all like, oh, you poor thing. Now it's raining, remember? So she's soaking wet. Oh, you poor thing. Here, take this. I just bought this for my husband, but clearly you need this more than he does. And it's a hot, fresh coffee. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to drink this from a stranger, except obviously this drink is drugged. She passes the fuck out. Bye-bye, Mackenzie. Except hello, Mackenzie, because she's woken up again. We find her chained in some sort of basement-style room. She knows now she is fucked. I like how you called it a basement-style room. It's a basement. But we didn't know that at first. That's just how I wrote it. You know, it's a basement. She's (laughs) chained in a basement. She's chained in a basement. It's very reminiscent of still beating, (laughs) minus having a friend down there and a lot darker. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. The vibes are similar on some level. No. Like, you know. Absolutely not. The vibes are not similar. Angie could not survive this book. She would quit after like page. I don't think that's true. Do you want to ask her to read it and see what happens? Do you want to tank her mental health? So you're going to bring her down with us. All right. Yes. Continue. All right. So Mackenzie... You know, chained to the wall, trying to get free, obviously. It's very hard. She gets so frustrated, she ends up screaming, which forces Benjamin 
to run his fucking ass down those stairs. Like, dude, you need to be quiet. Don't let her hear you. Fucking, she is way worse. You don't want her to come down here. You don't want to see what she's going to do. You don't want her to hear you. Trust me. Like, bitch, I don't know Here's the thing. I would probably listen to the person, but that's just me. I would do. I understand that I want to be this big, strong woman, but like if some man comes running down a set of stairs and I am chained to the basement, clearly he knows some things and I would just keep my fucking mouth shut. You know, a lot of this book would have been solved if this bitch had just kept her mouth shut. Just saying. Yeah, but also her mouth not staying shut also helped her. So it's a whole thing. You know. So anywho... She did not keep her fucking mouth shut. So here comes Marcy. Mackenzie whips around like, why did you take me? And Marcy's all like, well, you're a replacement for our last toy. We broke the last one too soon. She learns fast that she can read the room easily enough that Marcy's not quite stable. I don't think it takes a genius to know that Marcy is not stable. (laughs) Genie in the bottle. You gotta rob me the right way. No, that didn't even work at any level. Um, no, I said genius. No, but genie. Just, you know, went in my mind. Please stop. I don't like that. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need more space. So Mackenzie starts referring her to inside her head as the beast. Because she can clearly see that she is like the person in charge and she is the problem. And yeah, it's not great. So She's left there to her own devices, and the next day, they come down with sort of breakfast, and it's this, like, gross banana, and Marcy's, like, teasing her with it, like, is this what you want? And it's all bruised up, like, is this what you want? And peeling it, and, like, Marcy took a little bite of it and then throws the whole thing in the trash. Oh, you silly girl. No. What do you think was going to happen? And it's like, come with me. Please don't do that. (laughs) And she's all like, do you want to shower? Brings her up to the bathroom to give her a chance to shower. The bathroom is dingy and gross, but she's left alone in there to shower. You know, Marcy's really weird and watches her undress and she's just getting a weird vibe from her nobody's really tried to overly touch her yet so she's just kind of being wary so she takes her shower and kind of inches out and she sees that she was left alone so of course she's going to try something and she runs for the front door which it should be noted that all the doors and windows are locked from the outside of the house at all times, even when the basement is locked. So she does not make it very far. And when she was in the bathroom too, she tried to find a weapon, but like the toilet is glued down, which shows clearly someone has tried it before. So literally nothing in that bathroom she can utilize. She doesn't make it very far. She's caught by her hair by Benjamin, and he throws her down the stairs to the basement. And apparently that wasn't 
enough for Marcy. So Marcy has her trust up against this desk in the basement and gets this bamboo stick. And Marcy is hitting her back with this bamboo stick over and over again until she's like bleeding and broken. Benjamin is like holding her down so Marcy can do this because she starts like obviously flinching around because I mean if I was getting beat by a bamboo stick I would also be moving around so he's pinning her down so that Marcy can continue to hit her. Marcy has Benjamin chain her back up against the wall after she's done beating her and Marcy heads back upstairs and Benjamin is really turned on by the beating that Mackenzie got. It happens to him a lot because like the previous playthings, he got off on listening to them scream and them begging him not to do things. Something about her, he doesn't just like take her just then. He offers her a deal and he's like, I won't take you if you just like stroke me off and if you won't i'm just going to take you anyways and he almost gets what he wants except there are footsteps up overhead by the door and i guess mommy didn't give him permission to do that because he has to slide away and go back upstairs so in Mackenzie's eyes she was saved by the devil three days later marcy returns to the basement Now, Mackenzie hasn't had any food or anything for these three days. Marcy returns with her clothes from when she took a shower. So now she finally has clothes. She was freezing and hungry this whole time. And she says, let's go. And she grabs her chain and brings her outside to the shed. And they roll out a wheelbarrow. And in the wheelbarrow is the last plaything they had that they had to remove from the house the beginning of the book and they are like well you need to bury her obviously she is not into this but marcy quickly shows what her form of muscle is because she carries a gun on her all the time and you know get digging so mackenzie gets digging but i mean she hasn't eaten in days and days she's been freezing and she collapses from trying to do all this and benjamin ends up having to finish her task marcy ends up pouring mackenzie's bucket of urine from the basement all over her to rouse her and benjamin attempts to hose her off but it doesn't really go to plan because mackenzie doesn't give benjamin quite the satisfaction he wants and doesn't listen right when he wants her to so They cut that short and she doesn't completely get rinsed off. And they end up going straight to the basement. Now, all of this is so quick go because Marcy is so like quick and demanding with her random things that she is putting on them. Like, no, go here or no, go here. Hose her off. Oh, no, now you're done. No, bring her here. Bring her to the basement. And brings her to the basement and then nope bring her upstairs to the bedroom the back and the fourth in the back and the fourth so now they bring her upstairs to the bedroom and marcy's all like i want her to wish she was me i want her to watch as you fuck me and 
Marcy is very demanding that Mackenzie watch the whole time. And she gets very angry anytime Mackenzie closes her eyes or looks away. And then she's all like, finish on her. Like she's getting off on some weird stuff. It's not the first nor the last time. No. So then they bring her back to the basement. That's some weird shit, guys. Weird shit. There's a lot. And I sometimes know- we read things so that you don't have to. Yeah, this was a wild one. The next day, Benjamin brings down some wipes to try to take away some of the smell that is coming from Mackenzie's body because of, you know, all that buildup of everything. And then Marcy comes down. Marcy didn't like the way that Mackenzie looked away the previous night. So she thinks it's time to punish her. And she tells Benjamin that he needs to bring down a rocking chair and some zip ties. So he does because he's her good little boy. They put her in the chair and they zip tie her hands facing up tied to the chair. So the basement doesn't have any light in it. The only light there is in the basement is candles and the candles are unlit unless somebody walks down and lights them. It's a way to control the people down there and it's just a way to keep them in the dark. I actually read a book one time. It was called Captive in the Dark. But anyway, not this book. Anyways, so candles are down there burning. Marcy decides that part of her punishment for looking away, Marcy burns the fuck out of the inside of Mackenzie's hands. The palm of her hands. Yeah. Her fingertips, her fingers, all the inside of her hand. Um, I just love the fact you're calling it the inside of her hand. Well, it is the inside. I mean, it's just referred to as the palm of her hand. The bottom. But, well, this is just the palm. But I'm talking about, like, her fingers. I know, but when you say inside of her hand, I just think she's going inside and burning the inside (laughs) of her hand. And it did, too. (laughs) Marcy's. The bottom of her hand. The bottom of her hand. Tops and bottoms, tops and bottoms, in between, in between, all around your hands, all around your hands. That could have been a very different song from the last book we read. That wasn't enough for Marcy, burning basically the soles of her hands off. Now I'm just going to keep calling the most random shit for you. It's all for you, baby. Wasn't enough for Marcy. So... She tells Benjamin to cut her. And he's kind of like, the fuck? He also has noticed how much Marcy More has become unhinged. unhinged over the years. Like, it's Around. getting worse and worse every time because, like, he was into it before. But now he's, like, really kind of fucking questioning her methods here. And she's just on. gotten so much more torturous. And this one is just escalated so much more. So he does, he cuts the inside of her thigh, one mark for every time she looked away. And so Mackenzie passes out from all of this and Marcy wanted him to continue more. And he's just like, I'm done. All this because she didn't want to watch us fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? And he just kind of walks away. So then, remember, Mackenzie passed out. Well, she wakes up from passing out in a fucking ice bath. Marcy put her in a fucking tub of ice. And Benjamin walks back down. He's like, 
enough. And Marcy's like, I'll say when it's enough. Mackenzie passes out again. And then obviously that says when it's enough because Marcy can't toy with her if she can't even be toyed with. So Marcy's bored. So good thing. So Benjamin takes attention to care for Mackenzie's hands, her burnt hands. He doesn't want them to get infected. He doesn't want her to die from infection. Marcy doesn't like that. Marcy decides to take Mackenzie on a little field trip upstairs to the living room. And out of the graciousness of Marcy's heart, she thought that she would want to watch some TV with them. She might want to see her mama one last time. So she's all excited. She's like, it's on! Has Mackenzie dragged up from the basement so that Mackenzie can watch her parents sobbing on TV, begging for her return. Marcy can eat up everyone's misery. It's like a goddamn fucking screening in there. Marcy just is unhinged. Yeah. Mackenzie can't take this anymore. She just got fucking her hands all burned the fuck up. She got cut up. She got ice bathed and then she got her mind all twisted by she just wanted to be left the fuck alone and then she has this guy taking care of her hands and now she's being dragged up to watch her parents on tv and marcy's like what you don't like it i thought i'd let you see your mother one last time and so Mackenzie whips around and calls her crystal's favorite word she calls her a cunt multiple times she says that word multiple times and She's like, fucking excuse me? And she goes, yeah, you cunt. And like, Marcy is just like, really trying to make sure that this lady is really saying what she's saying. And she's not backing down at all. And Benjamin is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Stop it. (laughs) He's even making eyes like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she does not back down. So instead, Marcy beats the fuck down. She has her chain like, hello, you're trained like a dog. Can you maybe choose your words carefully here? Honestly, probably just in the moment, I would have done the same thing. She hasn't really eaten much. She's emotional from being captive and she's seen her parents and she just hit, well, like a wall at that point. Marcy doesn't give a flying fuck about that. And Marcy starts fucking stomping the fuck out of her and like smashing her spine, cracking her. And she's pissed. And then all of a sudden, they hear the whistle of the tea kettle. And then the light bulb dings over her head. Benjamin, grab the kettle. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's, hold her hands. And he doesn't really feel good about it. (laughs) No, he's kind of in his head because he's like feeling like maybe this is all his fault because he didn't just fuck her and break her right when she arrived so Emily did not mention that this was tool pov oh well it is so (laughs) he's feeling like maybe it's all his fault because he didn't break her or fuck her when she first arrived like he normally does to the girls and like breaks them kind of like right away with that piece of them and so because she was all meek and mild when she arrived and now all of a sudden she's getting this fighting spirit that the other ones didn't have. They had the fighting spirit at the start and then like broke them down. And he almost feels like it's his fault because he didn't just do it. 
And he couldn't in the beginning because she didn't have the fight in her, but he feels like he should have just done it. And if he had, he's wondering if they could have avoided all this because this is insane even for their normal. Marcy's just going off the real deep end. Right? Marcy needs to chill. And Marcy is like pouring this hot fucking kettle all over her burned, wounded hands, all of her like wrapped fucking hands. And it's like burning on top of burns. She's pouring this kettle everywhere. So it's sloshing all over Benjamin too. And it's going fucking everywhere. He has to bring her back down and chain her back up and just like deal. And he's still fucking in his head over this, feeling like it's his fault. So now he's like, well, maybe I have to do it now. Just get it over with. And she's fucking like dying here. And so he can't do it, even though he tries. So now he looks like a fucking double fucking awful human. Yeah. Yeah. Then he fucking tries to tend to her wounds and he's like well you gotta at least let me help you like what the fuck she's just like tried to rape me what? like what like the whiplash man whiplash there's so much whiplash yeah well i mean he's kind of warring at himself between what he's feeling for her now and things shifting in him and then of course you know marcy going off the deep end versus what he's been around this whole time and what he's consistently done so i think his brain doesn't know how to it's like the who authorized these feelings of dark so he's struggling with how he has always known to behave and then what is changing within him now right and i mean he's trying to make it so she doesn't get infected and everything but marcy doesn't like that and she's all like yelling at him like he's been a naughty dog and then the whiplash again because Mackenzie's all like now he's gonna get in trouble for trying to show me the smallest shred of kindness his good deed is getting punished and his weakness is getting exploited like it's just it's a lot like, well you know all I could think of the whole time I was reading this book is how <laughs> not exactly but it's very beauty and the beastie with a lot oh of gosh. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> there's a lot there, of it. There's in here. a lot. Yeah. So while he's tending to her wounds, though, because this is dual POV, we get more in Benjamin's head about his backstory, him wishing he could just come out and tell Mackenzie, because we learn, and there's been hints along the way, but. This is more just spelled out completely for us. Mm -hmm. We learn that he is not here with Marcy by choice and that he is just as much a prisoner as any of the girls most of the time as well. Like the locks on all the doors and windows upstairs are for him. When all of it started with Marcy, with her taking girls, she started by holding a gun to his head and forcing him to rape them. And what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like training him to respond appropriately. Yeah, She was grooming him. Yeah. From a young age and training him to respond the way she wanted him to, to their cries until he didn't need the gun anymore. And it took several years, obviously, but we learned She's that a monster. the gun is always there for him as a reminder and blah, 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 blah. 
So he kind of wishes he could tell Mackenzie that. There's things he wants to tell her, but he can't. Right. Because it's a risk to him and her too if she knows too much. So time is really vague, but we just know weeks go by and apparently it's time for Mackenzie's next shower. So they bring her upstairs, have her take a shower in the dingy bathroom. And when she gets out of the shower, there is a lacy nightgown sitting on the counter ready for her to put on. Really hits her now what the fuck the shower was for. Her time is up. Like, what the fuck? Yep. And so she's led to the bedroom. And we learn through Benjamin's side that it is now or never. He's either going to fuck her or she is going to be put down because she is not being of use. And yeah, they worded it like that. You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) So he doesn't want her to die. And he does want to fuck her. So he tries. But her pleading sad eyes make him go soft. He can't do it. So the gun obviously comes out. And Marcy is pissed. And Marcy fucking shoots Benjamin in the arm. Which makes everyone go crazy. Marcy just storms the fuck out. And um, Well, she's mad because now she's thinking this girl's gotten into his head. Right. Now is she losing her play toy too? Right. Yeah. Well, she's going to lose her control. That's what I mean. Right. So Marcy whips back in the room while Mackenzie's trying to put his shirt on his wound to, you know, kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. And Marcy takes her chain and takes her away down to the basement. And the next time that we see her, Benjamin is being sent down to the basement, you know, with his arm all bandaged up and she's being sent food down to the basement. Benjamin is sent down with a plate from Marcy. And anytime Marcy sends food down to Mackenzie, it's always this just like grueling gray slop, like wet bread kind of thing. It's just weird stuff. Um, So he gives it to her, you know, she's not appetized by this, but she's literally starving. He kind of wants her to eat because the last girl from the beginning that we've known had literally decided to starve herself so she didn't have to be with them. So he doesn't want the same thing to happen to her. So he's always been trying to make sure that she's eating something and not starving herself, even though it's disgusting. So makes her eat food. And all of a sudden, after they're talking and they're talking for a little bit, and then all of a sudden she is vomiting nonstop. Apparently, as punishment, Marcy put Ipecac in her food. Apparently, Benjamin knows because he has had that punishment before. And Marcy runs down to see, you know, her punishment in all its glory and is basically like, you're trying to tear us apart. Like, let's go outside now and brings everybody outside. And gets her gun out. She's basically going to test Benjamin. She wants to know that she still has her hold on him. And that Mackenzie has not been successful in tearing them apart. She's like, nope, you didn't do it. I told you this was going to happen. She's not useful to us anymore. So I'm going to put her down. And Benjamin sees us for what this is. And knows 
and he knows there's no good way to go right now. But he knows Marcy, and the best way to go about it is to placate her. And that's their only chance at having even the slightest sliver of a hope of getting out of this. So he has to be nonchalant. He's, okay, fine, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie's like thinking, right like just throw me under the bus like that but to like to her credit she is so delusional with everything go like she's like fine it's my time so is much, done my just time is here so much going Good. on she's been isolated not really hungry basically almost raped and now there's no way for her to know oh yeah this is a good plan like this is a plan that we got to do it this way as vision Nope, I get it. And plus, you know, Benjamin doesn't even know that it's not, you know what I mean? He's like, this, she, this, you could just die right now. (laughs) Right. This might work. Like, this could be your time to die. And then when Marcy points and shoots, he's like, fuck, I done fucked up. This is how it's going to go. Except they were blanks. And then Marcy starts cackling. Marcy is getting so much more (laughs) unhinged as this continues. She's like, I just had to make sure you were still on my side. <laughs> Marcy needs a therapist. Yeah. The next time we see Mackenzie, Benjamin is coming downstairs to the basement. And we learn that Marcy has gone to the hospital. She has diabetes and sometimes she goes into ketoacidosis from the diabetes and she ends up having to go to the hospital for it. And what a weird sometimes random yeah, sometimes shit she's happen. gone for a couple days sometimes she's gone for like a week and but you never know how long she's going to be gone right for. and benjamin's just left to kind of fend for himself but as she leaves she locks the door from the outside behind her trapping benjamin in yeah which is which he tells mackenzie about because she always she's like well why don't you leave when she's gone he goes i can't literally can't leave and Benjamin's kind of like, I can't. You know, she drives herself to the hospital. She always locks the door from the outside on her way out. It always happens like that. And Mackenzie's like, well, what about the windows? Like, what the heck? And Benjamin's like, Benjamin did a great job at making this place inescapable. She's like, I thought you were Benjamin. Like, I am. Explain. She <laughs> this- goes, but. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> and she goes, Benjamin was Marcy's husband. And we're like, what? excuse me? And she's like, so who the fuck are you? And then we get his backstory and it's sad. So he says, I'm Dylan. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, how did you become Benjamin? And he says, well, when her husband died, she needed a new one. And she's like, so she took you too? No, I was already here. My sister and I walked into this house 11 years ago and never left. So now we get to the backstory of Dylan and Della. So Dylan and Della were siblings that apparently 11 years ago, they were selling raffle tickets or something like that. And Marcy spotted them walking and tricked them into getting in the car with her to go get money from her house. So still was playing that car game back then. So then they became the basement dwellers. And Della, the sister, became the female plaything. And Benjamin became 
a favorite punching bag. And this went on for years until Della became pregnant by Benjamin, the actual Benjamin. Because they were captive and tortured, basically all of her bones had been broken repeatedly throughout the years. So she had a Um, wonky pelvis. Yes. And so when she went into labor, she was not able to birth the baby properly because her pelvis was not healed correctly and she died. He said he didn't know exactly how she died and that Marcy just took him upstairs and locked him in her room. And when he came back down, he did not witness it. But yeah, we're just going to assume that that's what happened. So then he became even more so the favorite punching bag since their toy was gone and Benjamin was getting older and not doing so well. Then when he died, Marcy forced Dylan to take Benjamin's place. Then Marcy started taking new girls. So fun times had by all, except, you know, the people taken. None of this is fun times. So Mackenzie and I'm going to keep calling him Benjamin because that's what we call him in this. Well, so they continue to always call him Benjamin until the very end. I get it, but I kind of wish in well, certain moments. Well, they make moments... it very clear that they have to because they, if they slip up and accidentally call him Dylan, it would be the end of them. In my, I just felt in a couple of specific moments, I wish she would have called him Dylan, like in one of the moments later on when Marcy wasn't around. You know what I mean? But I get I understand. it. But yeah. I'm just saying I yeah. wish that would to humanize him a little bit more. Yeah, so they spend time hanging out together and actually eating real food while Marcy is gone. And Mackenzie starts toying with the idea of, if I give it willingly, he can't take it or hold it over me. Plus, I weirdly kind of want it. So they end up- syndrome sinking in real hard. Yeah, so they end up banging and- cuddling afterwards and they have lots of conversation and questions with one another and getting to know each other when all of a sudden they hear tires in the driveway which forces them to freak out luckily it was just a car turning around in the driveway but it panics them enough to they need to be on the safe side and bring Mackenzie back down to the basement he also had to stage it to make it look like it had flooded in the basement because she's completely changed. He was saying, we have to come up with a story for why you're dressed in brand new clothes and all this other stuff. Because obviously she showered. She's in different clothes. She shouldn't have left the basement. Yeah. So his plan is to say that the basement flooded and she's like, well, it doesn't make sense. There's no water. So this man goes and dumps a shit ton of water into the basement to make it look like it had been flooded and that he had to take her out of the basement to put her in front other clothes. So he's coming up with the excuse and then fucking keys go in the goddamn door and Marcy's home. Surprise. Good Surprise. thing they did all that right away. I have a comment so, about the car. I thought that they were in when the she went outside. Nowhere. She described it as the middle of fucking nowhere. How is yeah. a car accidentally turning around in this driveway? Yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> I just well, and that the nearest neighbors weren't for like miles on either mm-hmm. side. 
Maybe so that's why there's somebody the turning around. Of, but if know. they're in the middle of nowhere, you can bet your ass I am not driving down probably a very long driveway surrounded by nothing if I don't know where I'm going. And just to turn around doesn't make any sense. No, that's weird. Anyways. I, w- I wonder. Oh, no, he does because he rides it. And I was going to say, I wonder if Benjamin doesn't even know what her car looks like. But yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So... Marcy is very skeptical of all of this. You mean it's not a great story? <laughs> the story, the change in clothes, the water. She's like, what the fuck? Marcy might be crazy, but she's not stupid. And she's part. like, things are going to get real ugly around here. Things are going to change. And she heads upstairs and Benjamin is pleading with Mackenzie like, you need to watch your mouth. You need to be careful. She's clearly on edge. Can you just like save yourself and us for like, I'm trying here and I'm like on like thin ice as it is. I can only do so much for us. Can you just like fucking try? You want to know the one thing Mackenzie's not going to do is shut her mouth. No. And so Marcy comes back with some scissors and then she's like, what her hair? And Mackenzie takes this worse than anything else that's done to her, which is interesting to me. Sometimes people's hair is their identity. And if it's something that they really take care like, it's a big thing and with I, a lot of people. I get that. Sure. But you are fucking held captive in a basement, starving. It's Your the last hands thing she's have got. been burnt off. Like, come on. It's just hair. It's the last thing she's got to hold on to, though. So she gets her hair all is... cut off so angry she cannot keep her it's like her last mouth shut she starts screaming at her fuck you like dude you were just told to keep your fucking mouth shut so out comes the gun obviously and now it's cut her or she dies so now not only does she get her hair cut but now she gets to actually be cut by the scissors on her face yes so now he has to carve her actual face in addition to her new choppy haircut just because marcy wants to make her unattractive that's all that's what it is and marcy's losing it and benjamin is upset by this he's like i'm done like this is ridiculous and they head upstairs and have a screaming match upstairs and there's arguing all of us arguing 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 and then all of a sudden there's a thud and Mackenzie's like what the fuck is my marcy dead oh no oh good what happened i have a question about this part too and then marcy appears at the top of the stairs dragging benjamin's body down the stairs down each stair and then she chains him up to the other side of the basement so where in between all of that arguing did he have time to drink the thing that she gave him? While he was screaming at her, apparently. I'm just asking. Maybe they sat down while they went upstairs and they had some tea and they're drinking and arguing at the same time. That's my question. I was just curious. Or maybe she gave it to him before the hair cutting and it just kicked in. I don't know. It's a great question. No, because it seems like a lot of stuff that she gives kicks in very really quickly. Really fast. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, that's a great question. I'm raising a lot of good so, questions today. So many questions. Not a single answer. 
So there's a lot of answers, but a lot of weird answers. Benjamin is now chained in the basement also. And then Marcy comes down. With a little surprise. With the laptop. She has something for them to watch. It's a whole movie, guys. Of them fucking. Not Marcy and Benjamin, but Benjamin and Mackenzie. And it's not just that. It's the whole thing while Marcy was gone at the hospital. And she is pissed because she's like, you were bad mouthing me and you fucked her so and all this she she's is losing less it. mad she's mad that they fucked yeah sure but she's less mad about them fucking than she is about benjamin calling her crazy on the recording and like she's so mad. he like willingly went down on her and marcy has to force him to do it and it was kind of like he was putting a lot more love and care into the and they cuddle and all that other stuff. So Marcy's a little she jelly fucking and also pissed it. about being called crazy. So yeah, Marcy, there were cameras honey, the crazy. whole time. The call is coming from inside. Marcy the house. has cameras upstairs the whole time. So she just turns them and I'm going to make your lives what short lives they are. Hell. And uh, so she changes the video on the computer and it is like the most obnoxious, like piercing sound that she puts on the loudest she can. She gets the speaker out, puts it on that and a full blast has that going forever. Just has them going for days. They're fucking going insane. Mackenzie's losing her mind. Benjamin... Mm-hmm. Is just kind of has like, had this happen to him before, yeah. so he's so he's just you know tuning it out a little bit yeah. as much as he can. So the next time Marcy comes down, she, you know she's got to replay the video because she had to time perfectly to know that when it was going to stop to be able to make sure that they don't get a second of break because it stopped and then they couldn't believe it for a minute. They're like, oh, really? And then the door to upstairs opened. Here comes Marcy to fix it again. And she's just like, why, Benjamin? Why? Like, you betrayed me. You called me crazy. And he just spins this elaborate, like, it was all Mackenzie. She manipulated me. Mackenzie's like, what the fuck? Like, I. You gotta run these plans by Mackenzie. Come on. Like, but I mean, I get it too if you want an actual reaction. Yeah, and he totally is trying to work Marcy, and she's like, prove it. And he's, like, willing to fuck her, too. Yeah, oh, and he does. So so then, yeah, so she whips it out and has him fuck her against the wall. And he's like, oh, come on, I need more. Like, we could be so good. Unlock me. Come on, like, I'm ready. And she's just like, no, you need to show me more times first, like, over, over more of a time period. And, you know, turns it back on. The next time she comes down, she takes Mackenzie's chain and tosses it up, like unhooks it, tosses it up over the rafter and re-hooks it back up again so that Mackenzie is literally like on her tippy toes with one arm. And then by the time she's done tying it, she has just enough slack that she's barely able to touch the heels back down so she's hanging from one arm from the raptor benjamin knows this very well he used to be hung by this a lot and he knows that this is by the not previous going- benjamin right and he knows this is not going to go well 
No, because, you know, after a while, your legs just really start giving out while you're standing there Uh the whole time. And Marcy just throws out a Benjamin that she'll free him after Mackenzie dies. And And then it's made very clear that the plan now is that Mackenzie's going to die. She's going to leave her there. Yeah. I'm going to leave her there until she does. And Benjamin sees that Mackenzie's fading. It's not going well. And so he starts, like, freaking out, trying to, like, do everything he can, trying to, like, rip his chain off the wall. And he sees this, like, storage box, like, near him full of decorations. And so he's, like, trying to reach that, see if there's anything in there that can help him. Which, bitch, if that was there before, why didn't you do anything to begin with? doesn't make any sense. And he made it clear that there was nothing in there before. I, I I don't know. So he's moving this box and all of a sudden, a saw just is uncovered from behind the box. So weird. It just randomly hanging out there in the Christmas box. So then he's using this saw to saw at his chain, chain release it from the wall. And it's coming. It's coming. He's he's almost free. And he's almost at that last bit. And then the door opens and he has to toss the saw back over in the box aside. And Marcy comes down the stairs because she wants to enjoy the last moments of Mackenzie dying, of course. So he's talking to her and trying to distract her and like, oh, you haven't had any time. Like, why don't you kiss her before she dies? Why don't you touch her before she dies? Trying to distract her so he can pull the last little bit away from the wall that he's been able to, you know, mostly free from the wall. And he finally gets it free and he's trying to be careful not to let it fall to the floor while Marcy's distracted. Then Marcy, he's like, enough distractions. He takes out the gun to try to, you know, end Mackenzie once and for all. But Benjamin's behind her and wraps the chain around her neck and starts choking her. And gets her to like, you know, pretty much almost pass out completely. Pass out right, and then tosses her aside, and goes to free Mackenzie from the arm thingy, my bobber. But then Marcy is back up and kind of. trying trying to get her gun that's on the floor. Well, Benjamin's not going to allow that, so he grabs it and is bye bye Marcy. Pew! Shoots her so then right in yeah. the head. Mackenzie is all weird about it too and wants to make sure to see her. I mean, it's not weird because honestly, if you've been held captive by this person and you are at this part of delusion, like if you are that far gone, you want to make sure this person is actually dead. And so being able to physically see them dead is. So he brings her upstairs. They both kind of pass out on the couch upstairs. And when they wake up, we get some food. And she's like, okay, well, let's go. And he's like, we can't. can't. We're locked in here still. Like, I don't know where the key is. I looked while you were sleeping. Like, I've never been able to find it. And because the key that was in Marcy's pocket is not the key that goes to the door. Right. It's important for that key. Yes. And so then they start searching the house. And in like a cookie jar in the kitchen, they find a key, but it doesn't go into anything that they can find. And they're like, what the fuck? And so they're searching and they're searching and they're searching. And then they finally go search the bedroom where Marcy and Benjamin have been sleeping this whole time, which 
gross. That's creepy that they've been sharing. And it's like a hoarder's bedroom. So they spend so much time trying to sift through all the stuff in there. And they finally find a lockbox and they get all excited because the key from the kitchen fits the lockbox. But all that's in the lockbox are a bunch of like diary pages from Marcy. Turns out Marcy was Benjamin's first victim. Marcy was taken from the street, just like all the other girls Marcy does. And Benjamin took her that way. Yeah, it's a whole vicious cycle. So they are searching and searching and like days are going by and they're running out of food and it's not going well. And they are really kind of getting worried, but they're also, you know, spending time with each other and they end up sleeping with each other. And in the haste of like, kind of like getting up to like, go take a shower and just kind of, you know, get somewhere and go search some more and stuff. They knock over a picture frame of Benjamin and Marcy together. And in the back of this picture frame is a key. And da 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 it's the key to the outside of the house. They are free. But it's and so of course weird they have because to discuss what they're gonna be doing when they're outside of well, this. Well, yeah, house. it's so weird because Benjamin like stops in the doorway and is all like you're mine, even if you leave. Like, what do you want to do? Like, I don't think it's weird. Well, he's like, you can stay here kind of thing with me. Or like, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's kind of I mean, odd. considering and she's how like, he has spent the last yeah. how many years? And she's like, I want you. And so that's the end of the book. Well, then we get an epilogue, which is 10 months later. So clearly the police had to be called. You know, she was a victim and everything. And she was all gung-ho to have him be a victim in all this, too. She begged him not to turn himself in, but he wanted to do the right thing. He said he held too much guilt to live in society without facing the things that he had done. So when they came, he explained his part in it, and he was given only 10 months in prison. So it's 10 months later because he has spent those 10 months in prison, and now he's getting out. Mackenzie is picking him up, and he's starting his new life as Dylan with Mackenzie. The end. Mm-hmm. That was never let go. There was a lot in the book and obviously like it's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Crystal, who was your favorite character? Nobody. <laughs> Not a single person in this book. Because listen, the driver dropped her off at the wrong place. Her friend didn't even like report her right away or go pick her up. It was a whole thing. Mackenzie didn't even say anything about being dropped off at the wrong place. Mackenzie couldn't stop talking. So nobody was my favorite character in this book. Not a single person. Solid. I agree. You agree? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Who was your least favorite character? First of all, Marcy and the OG Benjamin. I'm going to say the original Benjamin who started this vicious circle. It's the circle of life. It's a fucked up life. Yeah. At least this Benjamin stopped this circle in some weird way. Well, yeah, really. because that's what you should do when your shitbag person dies is you should try to change the cycle and not continue it. Did you feel bad for her? Is that what this the whole thing you were no, saying? No, I kind of felt bad for Benjamin. I felt, okay, thank God you didn't feel bad for Marcy. No. Because- Fuck Marcy. 
fuck Marcy. I don't care if they were trying to humanize her with those letters. She was awful. It wasn't enough for me. And again, it was a short book, so it wasn't, it just wasn't enough. I did feel bad for Benjamin Dylan because he had to witness his sister die. And then his sister was even like, I'm sorry, it's my And we don't even know how old he was or Mm -hmm. is. Like, we just no. know he's been there for it 11 just, years. And he must have been a kid at some point. So. He had to have been. Because Marcy, as the adult and his mother figure, was 30. That's the only person whose age we knew. And Benjamin was an old man who died. The original Benjamin. Yeah. So, so, but, like, when his sister died, too, like, she said, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Like, so that was so sad. And then, I mean, throughout the letters, we learned that Marcy had been pregnant and douche nugget, old Benjamin gave her an at-home shmushmortion, and then she could no longer have children. Yeah. So I think that also played She's into... Probably for the best, though. Yeah, because I know, because another one of the girls who was captive had gotten pregnant by the new Benjamin, and Marcy was not thrilled about that fact. And I think, you know, obviously the fact that Marcy can't have children probably sent her way over the edge. So it was a lot of trauma... That clearly Marcy needed a lot of therapists, a lot of them. Like, and then I did, I felt so bad for Benjamin because he was clearly starting to get a conscience towards the end there because Marcy was starting to go even more off the deep end than she was in the beginning. So I did feel really bad for him at that point. So I'm going to say that we're probably not cucumber rating this one. No. Okay. What did Amazon rate this? I can't. So Amazon gives this a 4.1 and goodreads gives it a 3.7 what did you give it a three me too this is not my kind of a book it could Could have been okay it could have it could be for other people and that's your thing i had a very difficult time getting through this book and i feel a little traumatized reading this book and i need to read something else Well, let's see if next week is any better for you. Are you ready (gasps) for a a new book? And we'll see if March Madness continues with whatever this is. Please let it continue. All right. Let's bring up the wheel. Let's see where we're going. Where are we going to do another 180? Or are we just going to continue? Keep keep the madness going. Keep the madness going. (laughs) All right, so we are doing Playing with the Knives. Yes! Keeping March Madness alive, motherfuckers! Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is also a movie pick. And it's because called... we're keeping March Madness alive. Good Lord. Playing with Knives by A.J. Merlin. I love the cover on this one. It's kind of gothic-esque with the skulls on it and everything. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Life is so hard when you want to live like a magpie, stealing anything shiny you find, but you live in a small town where everybody knows your face. Everybody knows your name. No, she. <laughs> okay. Nope. This is not the time or place for that. <laughs> nope. Nothing exciting ever happens here, unless you count us getting our very own movie rental shop right next to the sheriff's station, which, for the record, I don't. That is, nothing exciting happens until my roommate is murdered and her body washes up on the riverbank 
for the police to find. Dun, dun, dun. Murder. Shock. Ah, March. Madness. Confused and angry, all I can really do is move on and let the police handle things, right? Wrong. I can use the questionable life skills God saw fit to give me and be the best stalker. I mean, investigator anyone has ever seen. Well, that is, until four sexiest strangers waltz into town like we're some kind of fun tourist destination rather than the most boring place on earth. Lysander, Azriel, Nikos, and Reese don't belong in this town. Something is off with them. Something is wrong behind their shrewd gazes and swoonworthy looks. More suspicious still, they show up right as my roommate was found. And the reasons they give for coming here, they're flimsy at best. At worst, I'm starting to think they killed her, or at least they know who did. Is it a coincidence that they're here just after the first murder in over a decade? Hmm. Even if I'm wrong, what happens if the dust settles and I can't keep living the only life I knew? Well, let's just hope my body doesn't end up in the river too. Playing with Knives is a dark reverse harem romance, and it contains graphic sex scenes and detailed violent acts that may be triggering for some readers. There are also MM and MMFMM scenes. So basically, March is just the... Um... February was for you and March is for me! March is for me! March is for me! March brings one year of recording. Not one year of everything being out, but almost. It's very close. So apparently we're celebrating it by being really dark. By so. making Ariel happy. You know, though, it's kind of how we started. We kind of started a little dark. A happy Ariel makes a happy, happy audience. (laughs) You see what I put up with, guys? (laughs) So, yeah, join us next week as we play with knives, but not actually because that's really dangerous and don't do that. Don't say that. (laughs) We don't condone that. I was saying we don't. Okay. It's dangerous. Join us next week with playing with knives. And um, don't play with knives because that's dangerous. We don't. You should read instead of playing with knives. Yeah, exactly. Make sure to keep reading. Yes, yes, yes. And keep it smutty. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. (laughs)